Hey, what's up, Stay Tuners? It's your good friend Jimbo here, letting you know that today's podcast is presented by Podgo. Podgo is the easiest way for you to monetize your podcast, providing podcasters with a flat rate for ad space so you always know how much you get when you include an ad from Podgo. I recently joined as a member, and you can too. Apply today and let them know that you heard it from Stay Tuned Sports and you start earning today. That's podgo.co at P-O-D-G-O dot C-O. Now here's the best Stay Tuned Sports Podcast. And hello there, all you Stay Tuners. Welcome back to another episode of Stay Tuned Sports. It's your good friend Jimbo here with an interesting, uh, interesting week of stories to talk about. Um, we have the NHL ref being fired, never going to be a ref again because of what happened with a hot mic, open mic. Um, I guess he thought it was karaoke Tuesday or something and thought the mic was off. Um, Going to talk a little bit about my Flyers again after watching the past few games. Slowly coming to the end of the season now, roughly about 20-some games left in this, the regular season. And, uh, you know, honestly, I, actually, I didn't even know how the playoff... Um, brackets were set up till you know I looked it up I thought it was just gonna be regular playoff uh, seating but we'll go into it just in case um, you know you guys haven't heard or seen how that's set up and how it could affect the Flyers and other teams in other divisions as well but um before we get into the show though head over to staytunesports.net to follow all of our social media accounts uh, they're on the right hand side there YouTube Twitter Facebook all of them. Um, and we also have the merchandise tab up top for any hoodies or shirts or hats that uh, they like to purchase. And for the people that have bought the shirts and, and you know merchandise, just want to say I appreciate you supporting the the show here. Um, really couldn't do this without you guys. You know, signing in every week to to listen to me ramble about stupid shit and. About how we should fire Howie Roseman and, and you know Chuck Fletcher starting to probably get up there after seeing some of uh, the quotes from his press conference this past week. Um, also, uh, the Stay Tuned Sports Truck Series will be starting back up in a couple weeks. I believe April 9th is our first race with the NSRA uh, Racing League here. Um, there's still some races available to sponsor. So if you have a podcast or a business, or even if you just wanted to sponsor a race in your name, head over to their Facebook page, NSRA National Sim Racing Association League, um, and send them a message. Or you can message me on Facebook or Twitter, and you know we'll get you in touch with the the right people to be able to sponsor a race or oh, some of the awards that uh, that are still available so um so yeah so we'll kick it off talking about this uh this ref that basically was fired um earlier today wednesday 
because of what happened during the National Predators, Nashville Predators, um, and Detroit Red Wings game on Tuesday night. So referee Tim Peel got fired because in the second period, with 15 minutes left in the second period, um, Predators forward Victor Arvidsson was uh, called for tripping against uh, Red Wings defenseman John Merrill in the offensive zone. And when they show the replay, Merrill was actually embellishing pretty good to draw the, the penalty. Now, we have seen that happen time and time again. Basketball, football, every sport. You know, every player always embellishes to try to draw the, 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 the penalty or, or the foul or, you know, whatever sport you're talking about, whatever they call it. Well, the problem is with this was that only two and a half minutes later, the Nashville Predators broadcast um, captured audio of Peel saying it wasn't much, talking about the penalty, it wasn't much, but I wanted to get a effing penalty against Nashville early. And his mic was on. So obviously they have the evidence there. NHL heard about it right after the game, instantly opened their uh, investigation into it. Um, and, you know, obviously fired him today. One, you know, why even say that? You know, okay, you're talking to the Detroit Red Wings guy, and, you know, why would you even say that? You know, that would only fuel Detroit to say, okay, listen, we got this ref in our back pocket here. We could get some penalties here, even though for the game, I believe I saw it was three power plays each. So it really didn't help Detroit at all to have him in his back pocket. And. You know, I saw this, I, I messaged our, our good buddy King because I saw that he isn't the greatest at being a ref. Um, constantly being picked apart about calls on Twitter from NHL fans. And it just happened to be, I saw that he was pulled uh, a couple years ago from a New Jersey Devils home game because of a picture came out that he was having a beer with an ESPN writer, which I don't understand how that affects the game, but you know, maybe it's some inside information or something could cost the you know big ruckus. But uh, you know, our good friend King kind of filled me in and said basically he's not a good ref. You know, I asked him, you know, did a lot of the calls were they just normal bad calls or were they like catastrophic? change the game type calls and everybody I talked to including our friend King here said basically it's a lot of both now I don't know how NHL does it with the refs you know as far as you know do they grade the refs like the NFL does um, we've seen over the years with the NFL and even NCAA uh, football grade refs and if they were a bad grade they get less big games and less you know um, being the head ref you know they get demoted so if this ref I mean the first person I, I blame is you know NHL I mean they have to see 
I'll use you know this this Nashville Predators um, game for an example. They have to see that the Detroit guy was embellishing the, the the foul pretty bad, so they they know the ref made the wrong call. And the other thing about this was uh, Peel made the call from center ice, so he wasn't even close to the action and called this this penalty. So the first you know person I actually do blame NHL. You know if this ref was that bad of a ref over time. Um, I, I believe I saw he was uh, a ref since like 96 or 99 and yeah so obviously that's a long time because he was retiring at the end of this year um, why not grade this guy if he's grading low you know you, you say okay listen we're going to cut back your games you need to focus on making the right calls better calls and, and making sure the right calls that right there would have eliminate, eliminated this incident or if he wanted to get better he would have got better and not make these type of calls type of incidences because you you know we all know that this happens in every sport you know we all know that there's going to be really bad calls and as much as a ref doesn't want to be a fan of a sport or fan of a team it's hard not to do that you know, not to favor one team over the other. You know, um, me, I, I, I bust on King about the Devils, but I actually don't like the Rangers more than the Devils. So it'd be hard for me to call fair game with the Rangers versus the Penguins. Well, then again, I, I hate the Penguins more than the Rangers. So, but that's gonna happen in every sport. You know, um, it's gonna be hard to be a fair ref throughout the whole you know whole thing and to try to especially if you have a bad um relationship with some of the players like say you know Sidney Crosby start bashing Peel on um social media or or to his face or whatever you know it's gonna leave a bad taste in your mouth so you're gonna be subconsciously looking for penalties call on Sidney Crosby so, and again, this guy goes back to NHL. That they, they should have pulled this ref back a lot sooner than now. All because it came out on audio that he said, I want to get a penalty against those guys. Now, we all know also that if that audio didn't come out, if the audio wasn't out there, he'd still have a job today. But instead of being proactive and, and trying to grade these refs and, and keep them to be as fair as possible they want to react to when it happens when, when something bad happens and you know NHL the past few years has been gaining some steam to try to be one of those top four of the major sports top three of the major sports you know obviously no one's going to touch football anytime soon baseball is slowly slowly dying it's it's bleeding out a slow and miserable death as much as i love baseball there's nothing to excite you about baseball you know okay yeah you go to a live game is different than watching it on tv but you're forking out four or five hundred dollars a game to go see baseball whereas nfl if i'm you know gonna fork four or five hundred dollars i want to see 
violence, physicalness, you know, hard hitting, you know, good interceptions. Go to baseball, you're hoping for a 500 foot moon hitting home run. And NHL, the past few years, I think has been garnering a lot more attention. And also, I think that's why ESPN signed to such a long deal um, last week, seven year deal, which uh, starts next season. Um, I still think hockey is better than basketball. So, and I, I think hockey took over basketball the past couple of years just because I think the whole, I know a lot of people like NBA having the, the super teams, but me personally, I don't like it. You know, like that's you playing Madden on rookie and trading for Patrick Mahomes, Julio Jones, you know, Rob Gronkowski, all these on the same team and getting them all underneath the cap and going for the Super Bowl. It's just, you know, not fun to watch. And you don't see that in hockey. Um, and so, I mean, right now, I, I, I got to say hockey is probably the second biggest of the four major sports. Now, I, I don't think this incident is going to hurt that. You know, I don't think it's going to leave a black eye, as the saying would say. But I think this may open up NHL's eyes a little bit say like listen we, we finally got some momentum going here we need to do something to make sure this doesn't happen again so the past week or so I, I've been tuning in here and there to uh, watch my flyers um, I've been getting some time to, to watch them and I know they've been I mean, you can't even say struggling the word because they've just been terrible um, the past 10, 10 games or so. I mean, I, I went back and looked at their schedule. And if you look at the, their last 10 games, they're actually 3-7 and seven, with only one of those three wins being in regulation. So they're still going to overtime. And one of those, God, one of those losses was 9-0 to the Rangers on national TV. Um, there's so many holes uh, on this team, you know. I know a lot of Flyers fans wants to see Chuck, uh, Chuck Fletcher. God, I can't talk now. Um, make some trades at the trade deadline, get some defensive help, maybe get a a, a, a winger to help with the scoring. But I I don't think it's worth it, honestly. Um, I, I think it's better just to you know what, just ride out the season comes to the offseason and figure out what to do because a defenseman I don't believe is going to put this team back over the top to make it to playoffs right now they're they're on the outside looking in and the reason why I say that is because and I, I did not know about this about how the playoff seating is going to go this year but so basically only four teams from every division will make the playoffs this year um, then after that after that that round of, of playoff games it gets um, a little bit different uh, more more so based off of their regular season records they'll get reseeded right now the Flyers are sitting in fifth place in their division behind 
Boston, the Islanders, the uh, Capitals, and the Penguins. Which is interesting because of how the Penguins had a, a slow start to the season. Um, with roughly like 20, 20 or so games to go in the season, just looking at the points, I, I think trying to get um, number one in division is out of the question. They're 12 points behind. Like I said, there's roughly about 20 games left. That's tough. Washington's going to be tough. Um, They're 10 points behind them with four games to go against them. They have three games against the Islanders there too. So so basically, you know, number one C is going to be unattainable. So that leaves you with the, the Bruins and maybe the Penguins. They got three games left against Boston and three games against Pittsburgh. They're two points behind Boston and six against Pittsburgh. But if they don't shore up, and I've been saying all year, that defense since last season's playoffs, they're turning over the puck way too much in their own zone. And I know I've been a huge, huge defender of Carter Hart, and I still think he's going to be a good goalie. You know, he's 21, 22 years old. Still has a a lot of time left in his career. But this defense and and the turnovers are not helping him at all. Now, are there some pucks that he should be stopping? Without a doubt. You know, you've shown what you could do in that first season of being called up that some of the, the pucks that are getting through now are the ones that you were saving that first time that you came up. But this, that could be the, you know, his defenseman's and the turnovers being in his head. Like, okay, I, I got to worry about jumping back here after I try to save this, you know, shot there. And I just don't think it's worth Fletcher to try to trade one of our starting defensemen, which whatever, you know, got to get rid of them to get someone better. Um, and some prospects, because our prospects are pretty good you know they all our young guys have the phantoms in first place right now um and then draft picks now i did see that there was rumors going around that a lot of the hockey gms are more looking forward to trying to get uh 2022 draft picks compared to this year's draft picks because with covid going on and the pandemic can't really go uh see the players face to face um, training and playing whereas 2022 this all this should be gone or at least done enough that we all could go back to semi-living normal but where does this leave the flyers you know for this season I, again i would just bomb fletcher just ride it out come to the off season look at your 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 lineup you know your war checks getting up there now um, then we also have the expansion draft next year and there's a lot of talk of who are we going to protect I know Van Re- uh, Reemsdijk's name got popped up that we may not be able to protect him you're obviously going to want to protect Provorov um, you're going to protect Hart you know Farabee they better protect Farabee I mean he's probably the only bright light of the season that he's been consistent Konechny, uh, I, I thought by him signing that contract extension, he would have brought the same type of um, 
offense that he brought early on in his career and he hasn't even really panned out so there's a lot there's a lot of issues going on with the flyers and i just don't think it's worth trading anything right now this season to try to win now you know i i really think fletcher should think about more so the future than trying to sacrifice for now UFC 260 is this weekend, and I'll tell you what, it looks like a pretty good card. Um, but, you know, how like WWE usually has, you know, uh, Royal Rumble, uh, Return of Kane, or whatever, like they have like a little name after the main pay per view name. Well, I really think this one should be called UFC 260's uh, 260 Questions Will Be Answered. Because the top three fights all have questions going into it. Um, Stiepe versus Nagano. This is the second time they're fighting. Nagano couldn't... You know, his wrestling wasn't that, that great. I'm sorry, I had a little, little burp there. Um... He gassed out, you know, Stiepe and beat him this time. Now it seems like Nagano lately, granted, hasn't had a lot of ring time because he's been knocking out people left and right. Um, has he, you know, fixed those problems that hurt him the first time around when they fought? Um, got Tyrone Woodley versus LeCou, Vincent LeCou, and, you know, Woodley. What happened to him? You know, he won the belt, defended it, then he lost it to Usman, and just hasn't been that same type of fighter. Is he over his prime? Then we have uh, Sean O'Malley um, versus uh, Thomas Almeida with the questions of, is Sean O'Malley really... The Sugar Shane Show. Is he really as good as advertised? You know, his last fight he lost. His first loss. But the hype was huge with him going into that fight. And... Second time that he got hurt. You know, with his ankles and his leg. So kind of breaking this down, you know, I'll stick with the, the Sugar Shane here. Now, like I said, it was Shane's first loss. Even though he still keeps on saying mentally he's not defeated, even though I mean, you know, your record says you're twelve and one, or you know, however many wins you got, you lost. But one of his first fights in UFC, he broke his leg. You know, that's the, the fight that I fell in love with. His fighting style was the fact that he was able to beat the guy pretty much with a full third round to go, with one foot up on the fence. Then he had this issue with, uh, you know, his last fight where he had a, a dead nerve, it turned out to be, even though he had to be stretched out because it was, you know, at, at the time they thought it was a broken ankle, a broken leg, or whatnot. Um, now, this fight, though, I, I think is a very good fight for him. It's kind of a step back in a way. You know, Thomas Almeida is on a three-fight losing streak. 
Um, so he's another one that's on the fence. I, I think if he loses here, he'll be out of the UFC. But this would be a good confidence booster, even though O'Malley is still showing that he's confident. I think it's all show, and I think if just winning one here may help get that confidence back, especially if he could get through it without getting hurt. You know, any type of injuries, ankle, shoulder, anything. Do I think he wins? I, I think he still does. Um, if you go on ESPN, they're, you know, they're the breakdown of the fights. They have both of them as strikers, so, you know, he he is a very good striker, but again, can't, you know, keep bringing it up, but he's injury prone. If he gets hurt here, I think Dana may sit him down and be like, listen, you either got to bulk up and move up a weight class or this is not going to work. Now, Tyrone Woodley versus LeCou. A lot of questions. Like I said, Woodley, is he is he done? Is he past his prime? And then on the flip side, what does a win for LeCou do for him? If you look at the rankings, LeCou is number 10 right now. Woodley is 7, I believe. According to UFC, even though, you know, you guys know how I feel about these rankings. Um, with Woodley, if, if he wins, I don't think it completely gets him out of the deep water of you're going to be cut or retire. But I think it helps take a little bit of heat off. I think it buys him a little bit of time. If Luku wins, Woodley's done. There's, there's no questions about it. I'd be surprised if someone asked Dana, you know, what are you going to do with Woodley? And Dana says something of, you know, I got to sit down and talk to him. If he loses, he's done. If Luku wins, which I think is going to happen, I think Luku's going to win this one. I think you get a top five guy. You know, like a, the fourth or fifth ranked guy, whoever it is at the end of, you know, next week or, or whatnot. Because you're number 10. You're you're fighting a number seven guy who was a former champion, who was a dangerous champion at the time. So he has the name there. And LeCou has a good record. You know, say the past 10 fights, he has a lot of wins. He had one or two slip-ups, but he has a lot of wins. So if LeCou wins, I would... Give him, you know, the fourth or fifth ranked guy, and then see what he could, you know, see what he has. Then the main event, like I start to, to say with the beginning of the segment, Stiepe versus Francis. Stiepe, you know, there's only one UFC fighter ever, well, two, um, to fight into their late 40s and be competitive and, and still win, and that was Dan Henderson and Randy Couture. Now before you all say, well, what about DC? Listen, John Jones owns him. You know, even though his fights got overturned to no contest those couple times, Stiepe beat him in the heavyweight division. So, yes, he was competitive, but he wasn't like a great competitive where Dan Henderson and Randy Couture was. But Stiepe, I don't believe, is one of those guys. I, I think he still can be competitive, but I think he's going to be more of a DC now, where he's going to win one, lose one. 
And just to throw it out there, I think he wins this one. I think he goes on to defend his belt against Francis. Just because I'm really worried about how much ring time Francis has had over his past four or five fights. I think it was a total of like two and a half minutes. I mean, yeah, that, that's all power he's using. But if Stiepe could get into the second, third, well, more of the third rounds, third round and on, Francis is going to gas. And a lot of times when he throws, he leaves that chin wide open because he's lunging. And that's where I think actually Stiepe is going to beat him. I think he's going to knock him out because he's, he's just going to connect on one of those punches. Um, I, you know, Francis has looked better this past few fights but I don't think he's good enough I don't think he's gotten that much better to be able to beat Stiepe and win the championship so I will be live tweeting during the fight um, so make sure you guys head over to ST Sports Podcast over on Twitter and you know, follow us there, and, and we'll get some interaction going. Some good interaction, maybe some ball busting. Yeah, we'll see. Maybe you know, I'll do a giveaway. We'll see how many people get interacting here and um, go from there. But I think that's gonna be it for this week. Um, like I said at the top of the show, though, if there's any podcasters or businesses out there interested in sponsoring. A race or any awards for the Stay Tuned Sports Truck Series that starts April 9th. Um, hit, hit us up on Twitter or Facebook uh, or look up um, NSRA's Racing League and you could message them there and they could definitely get you more information if you have any questions. Also, head over to staytunesports.net. Uh, that's where you can find all our social media accounts in case you forgot what I said as far as Twitter. <laughs> um, and the merchandise tab is up top there. Make sure you keep on checking in there. I'm going to be getting some new stuff uh, posted soon. Hopefully my weekends are starting to calm down a little bit. I could start getting that back all in order too. So till next week, this is your good friend Jimbo signing out.